Father, we do thank you that the Church of Jesus Christ comes together in celebration on the first day of the week, that we can love one another and through our time together learn to love you better. Work that grace in us in this period, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so. We've been moving through Dietrich Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship over the past several weeks, months, maybe. And again, there's a sharp contrast between, and and basically the cost of discipleship is an extended reflection on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 5 and following. So he points out that there's there's a sharp contrast between the commands of Matthew chapter 5 and the commands of chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 5, we have these open commands. You're to be a city on a hill. You're to be a light, and yet let your light so shine that it glorifies your Father who is in heaven. The openness of discipleship. But in chapter 6, he shifts to the hiddenness of discipleship. And so it begins with his... Uh, thoughts on prayer and hidden prayer. Where you Remember Jesus says, when you pray, don't do it in public, uh, but go into your closet, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And, and the question is, from whom must our prayers be hidden? And the answer is, they must be hidden from ourselves. They must be hidden from our own self-congratulatory tendencies, self-critical tendencies. Prayer is simply the natural communion of the child with the father. And if we hide from our own selves that sense of performance, uh, then we're praying as we ought. And in the same way, fasting is given to us as a hidden discipline. So can someone read Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18? Just down to verse 18. So, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but there is quite the debate, and there has been quite the debate for a long, long time, whether or not the Christian is called to fast. Because fasting is a sign of mourning, and now that Jesus Christ has come, Christians no longer are to fast. That's how the argument goes. Bonhoeffer disagrees, and so do I. 
I think that fasting is a spiritual discipline that Jesus assumes that his followers are going to do. They're going to continue. And if you'll notice here in chapter 6, we have these two things that have been set forward. One is prayer, and the other is fasting. And these two things, prayer and fasting, are both to be hidden. And in last week, we asked the question, from whom are we hiding our prayer? And the question is, we're hiding our prayer from ourselves. I'm hiding it from my own sense of self-congratulation. I'm hiding it from my own sense of performance. I'm hiding it from, in, in the same way, I mean, young people, do you make a note in your diary every time you have a conversation with mom? I hope not. <laughs> it, it, it's natural. You talk to mom. <laughs> You just have conversations with mom. Now, there is a right way. I mean, there's a disrespectful way to have a natural conversation with mom. You most certainly, mom will tell you. <laughs> if you have any questions, mom will let you know. <laughs> but prayer should be hidden from ourselves. It shouldn't be a performance. It shouldn't be something that we feel like we have to do in such a way or else God doesn't receive it. It's simply the child coming to the Father. And that's why the Lord's Prayer begins, Our Father. In the same way, our fasting is to be hidden. So first off, Bonhoeffer treats whether or not fasting is a discipline for the Christian today. And Bonhoeffer says, Fasting helps to discipline the self-indulgent and slothful will which is so reluctant to serve the Lord, and it helps to humiliate and chasten the flesh. And so what he's doing is he's approaching fasting from the standpoint of how does it help? In what way is fasting an aid? In what way do we look at fasting and say, I need this discipline in my life? And, and in what way does it help? He says... It helps us to fight against self-indulgence and laziness. Fasting helps us to develop these disciplines. It's just like a gymnasium. And he goes on and he says, When the flesh is satisfied, it's hard to pray with cheerfulness or to devote oneself to a life of service which calls for so much self-renunciation.
That's right. And, and that's basically what Bonhoeffer is saying, is that by disciplining ourselves, we're teaching ourselves how to say no to our own instant gratification. And that would apply not just in areas of food, but also in, in other arenas, anything that we are given over to, anything that is something that, that we are overindulging in. And so Bonhoeffer then challenges the people who say that fasting is not for the Christian today. And he says, those who avoid this obvious expectation that we see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, the obvious expectation is that Jesus' followers will fast. So if we're going to avoid that obvious assumption that that's what Jesus says, uh, the, the argument that they use is both the law and the gospel. And that is that we are not under the Old Testament law. And that in the gospel, that we live in the fullness of joy. And so this is why the Christian should not fast. First off, fasting is clearly mandated in the Old Testament. It's part of the Old Testament law. And under the New Testament, you don't see how to fast, when to fast, how, what to do, etc. So it's a law thing, and we're no longer under the law. And then the other argument that is given is that now that Jesus is raised from the dead ascended and seated in heaven, the Christian has no business fasting. We are not to be participating in something that is... Uh, yeah, well, in an Old Testament mourning, because fasting is, is connected with mourning and, and discouragement. So at any rate, Bonhoeffer says, here's the argument, and here's the problem with that argument. He says... The problem is in the law and the gospel distinction, we claim liberty from self-martyrdom. That's what fasting is. Fasting is self-martyrdom. It's saying, I will not feed my body today. There is something today that is more important than caring for the physical desires of my body. Fasting is self-martyrdom. It's a tiny little bit. It's just a tiny little seed of self-martyrdom. But that's what fasting is, is self-martyrdom. And we claim liberty from self-martyrdom. And thus, we exercise self-indulgence and laziness in prayer. 
in meditation, and in other areas of the Christian life. So do you see how he's drawing the connection there? Because I think it's accurate. I think the very same people who will say, we should never, ever, ever deny the flesh, we should not participate in fasting, this is an Old Testament ritual, we are now under the gospel... The tendency is, if I can't say no to my own desires for a tiny little period of 24 hours, or 12 hours, (laughs) if I can't say no to my own desires for a tiny little period of time, then how can you expect that I'm going to have the discipline to be regular in prayer? How will I have the discipline to be regular in any of the means of grace in in the Word of God? And so fasting is a tool for us. It helps us. And he says, any objection that asceticism, which is the life of fasting, any objection that asceticism is wrong and that all we need is faith, he says it is cruel to suggest such a thing. So do you see how he's taking a completely different angle on the issue of fasting? (laughs) That's why I like Bonhoeffer. Because my conversations around fasting is should we or shouldn't we? Bonhoeffer is approaching it from a different angle in terms of what is fasting for me? What is the utility of fasting? Why, obviously I'm supposed to fast, Jesus says so. But why am I supposed to fast? And the reason is because fasting is a tool. It's a tool that helps me to commit to the life of self-mortification, of putting to death my desires, of discipline, of, of being disciplined in prayer, being disciplined in God's work. It's a, it's a tool that helps me to accomplish these things, just like pumping iron at the bench press helps you when you're on the gridiron. And I would say that fasting is a way to kind of sharpen us on that. It's, it's, it's a way to keep us, keep us targeted in. Then, let's not just look at fasting, but let's also look at verse 17. Because remember, I had you read verses 16 through 18. So what's verse 17? Someone read for me Matthew chapter 6, verse 17. So do you see that our fasting is also to be hidden? We're not to go out and make it clear to everybody that we are suffering, we're mortifying our flesh in the name of our spiritual But more we're cheerful about it. (laughs) 
so Jesus, one of, one of the things, Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer says this, and he's right. Jesus is not saying every Christian has to walk around with a sunny smile on their face. That's not his point. <laughs> a lot of Presbyterians are thankful to hear that. He's not commanding us to be walking around with this fake, sunny smile plastered on our face, but he's pointing to something much, much deeper. And that is the heart. In the same way that our prayer is to be hidden, so is our fasting. And in the same way that our prayer is to be hidden from ourselves, so is our fasting. And if you've ever participated in fasting, if you've ever pursued the spiritual discipline of fasting, I hope you can understand how important this is. Because it is awfully easy to fast and towards the end of your fast start kind of patting yourself on the back for how spiritual you are and and for what a commitment you're making. Has anybody ever participated in a fast? And has anybody ever struggled with that sense about the time my stomach is really letting me know that it would like a double cheeseburger is about the time that I start patting myself on the back for how spiritual I am. (laughs) Our fasting is to be hidden from ourselves. It's to be something that we don't look at and say, look how beautiful this is, or look how committed I am. Both of the two great disciplines that Jesus calls us to, prayer and fasting, they nurture Christian discipleship. Because remember, Bonhoeffer's whole point is that discipleship is costly. Grace costs everything. The command to follow Christ is a command to leave all. It is a command to absolute commitment to it. And and the response that we give to that call is one that says, lead me to martyrdom, lead me to a dull life, lead me to marriage, lead me in singleness, lead me in Whatever arena of life you have for me, lead me. My life belongs to you. And these are two tools that help us to build that discipline of my life being hidden with Christ in God. They're great tools. And they're great tools when they arise, the way that it's hidden both prayer and fasting, it's hidden from me only when it arises out of this natural and personal hunger
righteousness. Now, when prayer and fasting arise naturally out of my desire to be more like Christ, when they arise naturally out of, not I'm trying to twist God's arm into doing something amazing for me and show off by my fasting, but when, when I'm just, I'm, I'm pursuing God. I'm pursuing God in a, in a careful way. I'm pursuing God in this way of self-discipline. Then that produces this flowering that discipleship is. It produces that strength. It produces that grace in us. And it's only then that our prayer and fasting is truly hidden. That's uh, Bonhoeffer's comments on prayer and fasting. I realize I'm five minutes short, but it's a short chapter. So let me go ahead and uh, close this with prayer, and then we'll go into our time of fellowship. Father, would you give us a hunger for you, a hunger for righteousness, a hunger for holiness? Would you help us, Lord, to use the tools that you give to us the tools of prayer and fasting, the tools of self-discipline, of putting to death our own desires so that we may know you more clearly, more joyfully, more abundantly. In Christ's name, amen.